right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Super Sports Bros. I am Dallas Carroll. Logan Carroll is not with me tonight. I don't know if he, uh, I don't know, was just too ashamed to show his face around these places after I uh, absolutely crushed him in the Thanksgiving Fantasy Football Challenge. For those of you guys who are wondering who are on the edge of your seats, I believe the final score was 144.1 to 115.2 in favor of yours truly. Um, But Logan is not here tonight. He's in the middle of exam week or some excuse like that. So I have with me an honorary super sports bro, another Logan, Blix Logan Rice. How's it going, man? It's good, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for subbing in. Initially, it was supposed to be the three of us, which would have been fun, but uh, it's okay. You know, Our spirits are still high. This um, place ain't big enough for two Logans. Exactly. And uh, I mean, you and I are not blood brothers, but we uh, go way back, and I think sports and music, I guess, are the two things that really brought us together. Pretty much. Which is kind of ironic, because I root for the Clemson Tigers. You are a graduate of? The University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. I root for the Atlanta Falcons, and you root for the? Uh, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Are there other... Uh, I don't know, sports where we don't hey, see You're a Celtics we, fan. I'm a Hornets fan. Nah, that doesn't really count because the Hornets of, uh, aren't good enough to <laughs> for that to be a rivalry, I guess. Yeah. We both root for the Braves. Yep. That's where we see eye to eye. Yep. Um, Sometimes it's hard to root for the Braves, but, you know. Yeah. We've both been to a NASCAR race together. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That was a bonding experience unlike any other. You are a big uh, NASCAR fan. Why don't you uh, – I know Logan and I kind of shared with the audience our uh, – kind of sports stories, if you will, our history with sports, why we fell in love with the teams that we fell in love with or the athletes that we did. Why yeah. don't you uh, take us back a little bit, talk about young. I'm going to call you Blix yep. for simplicity's sake. That's your God-given, yeah. mom and dad-given First given name. name. So yeah, take First us back, young basis. Blix. When did he fall in love with uh, the world of sports? So my, it's weird. My parents don't really... Uh, follow sports as hardcore as I think uh, your dad does. But when my dad was a kid, Nobody does. Um, from my understanding, uh, Turner was playing all the Braves games. So dad became a Braves fan. My first ever sports memorabilia was a child's Braves hat. So that was kind of the start of the Braves. And then actually right up the road from me, um, Marty Clary was a pitcher for the Braves. So... Um, that was kind of the baseball aspect of it. And um, on a completely flip of this sports spectrum, my family has always been involved in racing, specifically <laughs> stock car oval racing. Um, and my cousin worked in NASCAR as a um, right rear tire changer, as a um, mechanic, all of the above, I think, from 2000 to 2011. So I've always been a huge NASCAR fan, um, which I'm definitely in the minority in, even in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, you might be the only skinny jean wearing, uh, yeah, fade haircut, yep, sporting <laughs> NASCAR fan that I know. Yep, I tell people I'm a racing fan, they're like, but you're not a redneck. I'm like, eh. <laughs> that's probably that's the definitely the only reaction I've I think I've ever got when I tell people I like NASCAR. Yeah, um, I totally respect it, man. 
So and I had fun. We went to Darlington. Yep. What a couple months ago. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. Time. Best people watching experience of my life. Yeah. Wal- Walmart has out, nothing like, on Darlington, South Carolina. Walmart on steroids for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Um. And then, honestly, my my parents both went to Western North Carolina for college, so no Clemson or South Carolina leaders. Catamounts. Catamounts. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I think it was a mix of I had one of my best friends growing up when I was, I think, five or six. She and her family moved down to Columbia because her dad was getting a doctorate in music at the University of South Carolina. Hmm. And her mom worked at Gamecock Illustrated, a now defunct magazine. (laughs) Um, But I think it was because all my friends were Clemson fans. I was like, I want to be a Gamecock fan. And between that and one of my more prized possessions, I have a Gamecock Illustrated 2001 A Year to Remember um, magazine, which was when Lou Holtz was the coach of the Gamecocks. We went 9-3 and three and beat Ohio State in the Outback Bowl for the first time. Wow. Um, and we beat Clemson, if I recall correctly, 20-15 to 15 that year. We okay. beat, um I think we beat Georgia 14-9. Like, it was... Wow. It was a crazy year. Now, was that the year after the defeated season or a couple years Yes, that's why it was such a big deal. So, 99 and 2000 were the worst years of Gamecock football. And I was... I mean, I was pretty young for that. Um, But I remember watching the field goal that went in um, for the Outback Bowl 31-28 when when I was six years old. Wow. Um, That's cool. Been a Gamecock fan ever since, and it just so happened that... Um, their academic program matched my needs and I ended up going there and graduated, um, technically this past August. So officially have a diploma. So go Gamecocks. <laughs> nice. Congrats. Um, and I guess, cool. I guess in the NBA world. So if there is one bond that I do have with family in sports, it's college basketball with my mom. Um, uh, my granddad is a big UNC Tar Heel fan. Therefore, my mom is a big UNC Tar Heel fan. And so mom and I have had a bracket going for like six or seven consecutive years. We always play each other. She wins the majority of the time. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Um, and then... Do so you I'm, consider yourself a UNC basketball fan, though? They're, they're kind of secondary. Yeah. Um, I, I root for them over all other ACC teams, if that means anything. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. They're not one of those kind of people who roots for South Carolina football and North Carolina basketball. Correct. I know a couple of people like that. I yeah. have no respect. For yeah. I, I don't own any North Carolina apparel, yeah. um, but I will root for them. And I think Duke might be one of my most loathed colleges of all time. Um, you either love them or you hate them. Yeah. They're, they're basically the you. Yankees of college basketball. And yep. then... Um, I'm a Panthers fan because it was the closest in proximity for us. Um, also I try to avoid Atlanta at all costs. No offense. Um, <laughs> but you're a Braves fan. Yeah, but that's don't have because of proximity. Yeah. Um, everybody in the South is a Braves fan. Yeah. It's like the only baseball team within seriously hundreds of miles. I yeah. think the closest one legitimately, I think it's something silly like, like Miami, Miami or like the Astros. Like seriously, I think wow. that's it's, or the Cardinals. Yeah. Like it's something when you hear it, it's like, that's really weird. Yep. Um, the only apparel I own that has Clemson University on it are two flat bill hats gifted oh, yeah. from my granddad, 1995 <laughs> inaugural year. Um, they played their first year in Death Valley. Yep. And so I have those hats. And, and that's why they're the Carolina Panthers, correct? Yeah. You want to 
Yeah. They they unify the Carolinas. Um, and it's still funny because even though they're Carolina, you know, South Carolina has zero pro teams. Um, yep. So still got to drive into another state if you want to watch some professional anything. And then finally, this one's this one is kind of funny. Uh, my parents lived in Charlotte before um, they moved down here. Before I was a twinkle in their eye. You have a sister named Charlotte as well. Yep. Yep. I do. And um, I think it was my either my mom's or my dad's job where they kind of got some hookups to some Hornets games. Hmm. Um, and so I remember there being some sweet old school like plastic Hornets cups in our ha- in our house for a while because they would go to the games for either really cheap or free. But my first video game um, basketball related was NBA Live 03 with Jason Kidd on the cover. <laughs> And yep. I started, same one. yep, I started, uh, I played with the, cause you know, it's always, so even though it's Oh three, Oh two is the roster. Yep. So I played with the stacked LA Lakers during the Shaq Kobe era. Oh, and dang. that is what got me into the NBA. Hmm. So I started out as a Lakers fan because, and then right about then and there was when the Hornets left Charlotte and moved to new Orleans. And I was like, that's lame. Yep. So I was kind of a, I mean, I was kind of a Lakers fan for a while. And the Bobcats were not cool. No. Yeah. And and there was even, there was like a a two or three year lag. Yeah. There was no team in Charlotte. Yeah. But then when the Hornets moved back, I was like, you know what? I need to have all my teams in the same place and hopped on board. And I think you and Logan mentioned it last week, like because of that Atlanta FC and I'm, I'll be a Hurricanes fan. I keep track with them at my, uh, in my office, I have a board of, all of their records and who they're playing next of to keep track. So a little bit of my sports history, but, uh, motorsports is, is my first love for sure. (laughs) And your favorite racer of all time is Jeff Gordon. Yep. And it's not even close, right? Yeah. There's no comparison. I, you know, I was, I started watching him and he was just dominating everything and went from there. Do you have a new favorite racer? Hmm. That's hard. I thought I would, I thought Chase Elliott would immediately take it because he took over Gordon's ride when he left. Um, but he sucks. No, he's, re- <laughs> okay. he's yeah, he's good. He hasn't won really a, know anything. He hasn't won a race yet, but honestly, I root for him more than most, I guess. Um, but I don't have like a favorite racer. I'm going to go out and buy your merchandise. Um, well, that race merchandise is pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. They gotta, they gotta work on that. Yeah. Hendrick has a partnership with Under Armour and I'm a big Under Armour guy. So, It'll oh, probably really? be a Hendrick driver. Yeah. I think he's dressed head to toe in Under Armour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, part of your uh, stipulation for being on the uh, podcast was you wanted a motorsports minute, a full 60 seconds uninterrupted yep. to update us, to update our audience on the world of motorsports. You know, so you ready? I am. I am. We're we're good to start. So okay. if you and have I'm, a timer. I'm, sh- trust me, I'm going to be watching the timer. Yep. All right, ready, set, go. All right, so we're going to talk NASCAR today. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. is the champion. He deserved it. Um, He dominated the whole season. Even with the chase, I'm sorry, playoff format, um, he got it. But the real thing I want to talk about in my now 40 seconds I think I have left is Dale Earnhardt Jr., Matt Kenseth, Danica Patrick all out at the end of the year. Danica will run the Daytona 500, but nothing more full-time. And I think NASCAR is in a weird identity crisis where you have your most popular driver for the past, what seems like forever, exiting the sport. Who's going to fill that spot? Thankfully, we have Chase Elliott, uh, Ryan Blaney, 
and Bubba Wallace, who is the first African-American driver to be in the Premier Series in since Wendell Scott back for forever. You're sure he doesn't play golf? He doesn't. Um, okay. That's the other Bubba. Um, <laughs> but I think I think you'll have an opportunity to uh, get your younger market in. Um, but it's just, to me, in my opinion, it's all up to NASCAR's marketing, how they position it, and what they do. Well done, dude. I think that was exactly <laughs> 60 seconds. Yep. I thought I was going to have to cut you off. <laughs> Quicker than a trap, than a track so, lap around Watkins Glen. <laughs> I don't so. get it, but <laughs> I'm sure it's a good fun. Yep. Um, is Watkins Glen one of the short ones? So, no, it's a road course, so it's about uh, a minute and three seconds around. Okay, yep. yeah, nice. So. You're, you're right on. So Danica's doing the 500, and that's it? So she's done full-time. She's doing the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500. So she's going to go... So Danica started in IndyCar. Yeah. Uh, well, she started in, like, the MX-5 Cup forever. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. But, but her okay. her big thing was IndyCar, and then she moved to NASCAR. Big deal. So she's running the, the, the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500, the two most iconic races in those respective series. She's never done that, like, in the same year, right? Like, no. She's either no, gone yeah, all she Indy was or all NASCAR. Correct. Okay, that's cool. Correct. Will she so. be, like, in the Guinness Book of World Records or something? I don't know. No. Um, people have done it before, and there's actually... Okay. Not to talk too much about motorsports, the thing called the double, which is a big deal. So the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600, 500 and 600, notating the amount of miles that are yeah. run. Um, Two longest races in their respective sports? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I don't know Indy know as well, but the 600 yeah. is definitely longest. Yeah. They're run on the same day in May. Um, so oh. that day is known as like the best day in motorsports. You have the Monaco Grand Prix and F1 the Indy 500 and the Coke 600, but you can run what's called the double, which is you go to Indy, run the 500, get on a jet, fly into Charlotte, probably hop into your car 20 to 25 minutes before it starts and run it. And there's only been like six people have done it. Kurt Busch has oh done it. Gosh. Tony Stewart has done it. Robbie Gordon. Don't it's you lose insane. like 10 pounds of sweat per race? Or yeah. When you're like in the jet, like I think there's a picture of Tony Stewart is pretty iconic. He has, he has an IV. IV. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's that's 1,100 miles in a matter of like seven hours. That's crazy. It's more G-forces than one to endure. Well, that was more like a motorsports five minutes, but you know, you know it's your first time on the pod, and <laughs> you're you're filling. In I got for my, my part in. You asked the questions. Missing so. in action. Yeah, yeah. So hey, there you have it. That was the motorsports minute. Let's move on to the starting five. All right, so we have arrived at the starting five. The starting five are five pressing questions based off the week's, uh, I don't know, top events, top stories in in sports. Um, and so we're going to get to college football later. We're going to get to college basketball in later podcasts. We just kind of want to talk about what's current right now. And obviously the NFL is inching closer and closer to the playoffs. It's yep. hard to believe this is week 13 playoffs. So we're almost there. Talking about playoffs. Yeah. Cue, uh, cue that guy. <laughs> um, so let's start with a question in the NFL and pr- probably the biggest storyline in sports this past week. Um, and I, th- I thought about, I thought long and hard about how I could phrase this as a question. Um, but how the heck did Eli Manning lose his job before <laughs> Ben McAdoo did? That was shocking, dude. So, I get ESPN alerts on my phone. Yep. That cut the push notifications. I'm sitting at work and I think I was mid sentence with my boss. And I was like, 
Dude, Eli Manning just got benched <laughs> <laughs> to your boss. Because yeah. he he gets up with fantasy football a lot. And it oh, would, nice. Look, man, at the end of the day, in my opinion, I have even on my notes, in all caps, D-U-M-B, dumb, underlined. Yeah. How are you going to... Two-time Super Bowl winner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and MVP. Yeah. And he's getting benched for Geno Smith, who, fun fact... <laughs> As revealed to this podcast, first quarterback in NFL history mm-hmm. to start for the New York Jets and the New York Giants. Wow, that's pretty cool. Mr. New York. They, yeah. They love him up there, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's what Just made matters the big worse. Apple, folks. It's, it's not like Eli Manning was getting benched for uh, even Davis Webb, like their third round pick who's on their roster. Yeah. He got benched for Geno Smith. Smith. What are the Giants thinking? Like, there's no way that Geno Smith is a long-term option at quarterback. No, and and I think that's kind of what they've talked about is this is, seems like such a temporary, and they're going to give their younger guys some playing time. I mean, they're one in what feels like 100. I mean, they have nothing to lose here except more games, which they're already doing. They actually so, have two wins against the Broncos and the Chiefs. Oh, that's true. Which blows my mind. That's true. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think when you look on Twitter when this was announced, the output from the league, you got people like Kurt Warner, Brandon Jacobs, all tweeting at him, being like, this is a shock. I mean, it's not like this is something where people are like, okay, I can see it. Um, yeah. This is something that took everyone by surprise. <sighs> if anything, trade him and get some value out of it, in my opinion. Like... Yeah, it instead of just letting sense. him ride your bench. Yeah, at the trade deadline, why didn't they do something? They yeah. could also cut him. Yes. They could cut him. He yeah. could go start in Jacksonville. Start in Jacksonville, he could start in Arizona. Win a Super Bowl. There are teams, yeah. Yeah. Playoff contending teams that would love to have Eli yes. Manning as their quarterback. And I'm not going to act like Eli is, you know, a top quarterback. I don't know if he's ever been a top quarterback. No. He got incredibly hot yes. in 2008 and 2012 and yep. won those two Super Bowls. Um, but still, he's an upgrade over Blake Bortles. Yes. He's an upgrade over Blaine Gabbert. Yes. Those guys are kind of linked because they're both uh, Jaguars failed <laughs> yeah. projects. Uh, but I don't know. T- tons of teams would love to have Eli Manning. I think so. And that's that's what makes me scratch my head so much about this is they literally just benched him. They did nothing with him. Um, they didn't cut him. He's still on their salary roll. I mean, it's yeah. it's interesting. And, you know, the big, the big hot button about all this is the streak, is his starting streak. Yeah. Um, and... Which I'm just sad about. So like, I so I saw Eli Manning kind of made a statement. He said, look, it was offered to me that I could start the games technically, and then they'll just sub people in after it to keep the streak really? alive. Oh, and dang. Mr. Stand-Up Guy Eli Manning was like, no. He said, I'm not going to do that. That's even more awkward and shameful. It is. And he even like. said, he's like, what? If, if we're up at the half, you're going to bench me? Um, and so he just didn't do it, which is kind of respectable. But, I mean, he had more starts than his brother. 210 starts about to come to an end this weekend. Yep. It's it's sad, man. He had he had a real shot. I mean, it would have taken, you know, five or six years just doing the quick math, probably longer, to catch Brett Favre, who's at two ninety seven, I believe. Um, but still, I don't know, just to be second most all time in consecutive games started. It's it's shameful. The the thing that I'm having a hard time figuring out, um, initially when we didn't really know anything about the story other than that he was getting benched, I, I thought this could be you know, here's a little bit of foreshadowing, but a David Fisdale situation where yep. he he acted out against his star player and then got axed yeah. hours later. Um, and so I thought like Ben McAdoo might be about to get fired. Like you don't do that to the franchise quarterback. But obviously we haven't heard from him. 
but his owner is behind him yeah. on this decision. GM's like totally in support of it. Which blows my mind. I don't get why I don't get why the Giants didn't fire Coughlin, you know, sooner yeah. than they did. I know that they parted ways or whatever. Yeah. I don't get why they wouldn't pull the plug on Ben McAdoo. This guy has been terrible yeah. all season. And they won last year in spite of him, not because of him. Right. I yeah. completely agree. And I think that's showing up this year in their horrible performance. I mean, they're terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. And I don't think Eli Manning is the cause of that. Did you hear his uh, Ben McAdoo's halftime speech a couple weeks ago? No. <laughs> so the fans asked him in the postgame presser, not the fans, the, uh, you know, whatever, the writers. They One of them asked him, um, what did you say to your team at halftime? I can't remember what game it was, but it was when they got killed. It wasn't the Chiefs game. And he just like scratched his head, his greasy, slicked back head <laughs> for a minute. And he just said, um... And then that was it. <laughs> like moved on to another question. <laughs> and so now I've seen it in like kind of inspiring poster form, like Ben McAdoo. Um, like that's his quote. That, right that there. pretty much sums up this whole situation yeah, is, um, he's, he's terrible. I mean, I, I realistically think there's a scenario where McAdoo and they won 11 games last year. So, you know, I get that he's got some leeway. He could be back next season. Um, do you think Eli is back next season? I was going to be my question to you is what is his okay. future? I don't see any way. There's, there's no way. And I, how do you, I don't know. How do you come back from that? How do you? Yeah. I sure as heck knows he's not going to San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> He'd deny it, right? Force a trade. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to step foot in that city. Um, I don't get it, man. Sunny San Diego is beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite cities on earth. I don't know. He didn't want to go. I nope. know the Chargers were a mess, but I'd rather be the Chargers right now than the Giants. So honestly, the Jaguars have something going right now, and it's not because of their quarterback. It's because their defense, because of Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Look, Eli Manning's not going to be your guy that's going to stay in for seven or eight more years. I think he has two or three, maybe four years left good in him. Maybe. Throw him in there and just kind of get it done and and then go from there. Jacksonville, Arizona, but no, I, I don't think there's a chance he's in New York. I don't either. I just... I don't know. I don't see how you make peace with yeah. people who do it like you, that. And I think the make peace is that your coach is gone next year. Yeah. But even then, like we said, it's an ownership decision. Yep. And I could, I could totally foresee this being one of those things where Eli doesn't come back to New York. He doesn't step foot into MetLife stadium for 20, 30 years. Yep. I mean, I don't want to speculate too much, but we've seen that in the past where an organization does a player wrong. Like Isaiah Thomas is a Celtic legend. I don't expect him to come back to Boston and be honored or accept any honors right. anytime soon yep. because Danny Ainge spurned him. Yep. And this is a similar situation. And that's just sad because yep. Eli won two Super Bowls for that city. Yeah. Yeah. What a mess. Mm. All right. Shall we move on? Number yep. two. Question number two. NFL, keeping it on that train, Talib versus Crabtree. <laughs> For me, this was the most exciting moment of Sunday. So I was, we were at Thanksgiving dinner with my in-laws, so I missed it. Okay. But I got your text in the group. They're like, what just happened? And immediately I was like, dinner can wait. And I <laughs> YouTubed it. Good. My question to you is threefold. Okay. Was the suspension fair? Okay. Who would win in a legitimate fight? Let's call it UFC, not boxing. Okay. Yeah, I like it. 
how much would you pay to watch it? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's really good. Um, so let's start with the suspension. I thought two games was a little much. Yep. But there is a bit of a backstory here. Like these two have some history, and so I get that the NFL. Do has your to chain hang that. low? Do it wobble through the flow. I don't know if you saw later in the game, Crabtree was watching from the uh, owner's box or something, and CBS flashed up a stat that was like. It, it was Crabtree's season stats, and then at the bottom it said two chains stolen by a keep to leave. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. So fun fact: Crabtree taped his chain to himself before this game, and to leave still got it. Why not just take the chain off? I don't know what the story is behind the chain. I've always thought it was a little weird that he was allowed to wear that. I feel like it's a hazard or something. I don't and know. apparently, Talib does too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought two games was a little bit much. One game seems fair. Um, and honestly, I mean. That was the most entertaining thing that happened in that Broncos and Raiders <laughs> game. Those two teams are not having the seasons that they wanted to have. So who cares? I was also going against Crabtree in fantasy. So so I agree with you on the suspension. It's a little much. I think it's a warning shot of the league because Marshawn Lynch runs off the bench and shoves a ref and gets one game. Yeah. I mean, did uh, I... I didn't do any follow-up. I didn't hear anything about it. But in Oakland, Gabe Jackson, I think their offensive guard, um, no defensive guards, but uh, <laughs> a guard on their team, like he shoved a ref in the process and got thrown out of the game. But I don't think he got suspended, which I don't seems kind of like a double standard. Yeah. But then again, Marshawn did sprint across the field yeah, to shove he, the ref. Yeah. Uh, Marshawn was also involved in this one, yep. escorting him off the field. Yep. Um, Talib, that is you know, the opposing player. Yeah. Um, it, this fight seemed weird because I feel like Crabtree was just doomed from the start. Like yeah. Crabtree never had a solo shot against Tlaib. It was always like against four or five Broncos players. Like That's they true. all went after him in like as a gang almost just. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was definitely outnumbered. Yeah. So, to answer the question, who would win in an actual fight? I know Crabtree has some size on Talib. You know, he's a wide receiver. Talib's a cornerback. I think Talib is legitimately like the craziest player in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember, I don't know if it was last season or the season before, he poked Dwayne Allen in the eye. <laughs> like, that was just something he did. Like, he's right up there with Ndamukong Sue as just like legitimately insane. And so I feel like he would probably fight dirty um i mean in this fight crabtree had his helmet off and talib kept his on yeah. which is funny i don't know what crabtree was thinking swinging at a helmeted akib talib like that would hurt you more than it would hurt him um so i don't know i i feel like talib is legitimately just insane and he has those crazy eyes i feel like he would i don't know find a way to fight dirty and take down the bigger guy i'm going crabtree yeah because of what you said, I think Crabtree is more composed, mm. uh, and he's not willing. He's not willing to hurt himself in the process. I.e., swinging at a fully helmeted, yeah, player. But I think he could use use Talib's craziness against him and, and take him down this in, a, in a rear naked choke, third round, right before <laughs> right before it's over. Whoa, we're getting specific. Yep. yep. This is uh, I'm calling Dana White now. This is not Crabtree's first kind of fight or no. feud yep. either. I mean, he was pretty uh, electric at Texas Tech, and then we all remember Richard Sherman's epic rant mm. after the NFC Championship game. Those two have gone at it before. So, yeah, yeah I do think Crabtree is a worthy opponent. Um, I'm loving this feud. 
Perfect segue into my last question on this topic. Favorite sports feud of all time. Any sport, any time period, all yeah. time. Yeah. So there are a few different types of feuds. Um, there are the ones that, you know, eventually go physical, like Talib versus Crabtree. But most of them kind of stay on the verbal level. Um, so I remember watching Malice in the Palace live oh. as like a sixth oh. grader and was just appalled and entertained at the same time because it was absolute madness. Um, but one of the ones I remember more recently, and it's they've gone back and forth a few times, especially now that they play in the same division, is OBJ and Josh Norman. Yep. Um, I remember in 2015, Norman's breakout year with the Panthers, uh, just the back and forth that they had in that game. That game was crazy. Game was like, so unorganized. So many ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely unreal. And then the next year, Norman comes into the division and the two of them go at it again. Yep. Um, Logan made the point on Thanksgiving, like how much more fun would this game have been if it was OBJ versus Norman? Mm. That's initially what they were thinking. Yeah. Um, so that's got to be one of my favorites. What about you? So going back to the origin of this podcast, Shaq Kobe, man, my, uh, my little childhood, uh, initiative into watching the NBA Shaq Kobe era just kind of came to a point where it kind of stopped. Um, but I think my favorite one, so I have, I have one that's my favorite and one that's kind of funny. Uh, Gotta be KD versus Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you talk about verbal um, talking on the court, talking off the court. Um, definitely some sour grapes between those two. Yeah, subtweeting, throwing shade. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, we heard this off season that it was over, and then the one time that they played each other this oh, season. Oh, Russell was weeks chewing ago, them they out. Were all up in one another's grill. Yep. Like that one ain't over. Yeah. I um, wish, I wish the thunder and it's crazy when you look at thunder's roster say, I wish the thunder were better, but I wish those were one too, just to watch them. Yeah. Just duke it out. I think the thunder will, you know, slowly yeah. climb in the rankings as yep. the year goes on. And then my, my other one that's just kind of funny, um, is Lane Kiffin versus anyone. <laughs> Lane Kiffin versus the world versus Tennessee. Yeah. USC, you know, now he's anyone. making a uh, campaign to come back to Tennessee. Like he's been posting some tweets about it and stuff. I don't know how Florida Atlantic feels about that. I don't know how Tennessee would feel about that. I don't either. There's a couple pictures of a rock that I can show Tennessee to remind them of their hatred they had towards Lane <laughs> Kiffin whenever he left. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad, who we'll have on the podcast at some time, you, uh, you mentioned him earlier as just being a crazy sports fan. He has some feuds with players. They don't know it or coaches. And Lane <laughs> Kiffin is definitely one of them. So we'll have him on sometime to talk about that. Uh, last feud I'll mention is kind of kind of in the same light as KD versus Russ, like LeBron and really anybody. Uh, one of my favorite ones was Joe Kim Noah a couple years mm -hmm. ago. LeBron dunked on Noah in the Eastern semis. And uh, I don't know if you remember this. Noah, in probably the best way to respond to a dunk ever, like... I mean, he just got dunked on big time. He just looks back at LeBron and says, you're still a B, though. Which is <laughs> just, just perfect. Especially coming from Joe Kim Noah. I know, right? The Geico caveman of the NBA. Yeah, yeah. So, I or don't LeBron know. versus refs. That's a feud. Yeah, apparently. Which is a great segue. Man, we're getting good at this. We should, uh, we should do this more often. Uh, we don't need you, Logan. Uh, question number three. We'll stay... 
or no, we'll switch into the NBA and talk a little bit of basketball. Uh, LeBron James was ejected for the first time in 1,082 career games last night, which is hard to believe. I know. Because he's such a fiery dude. But I mean, it takes some serious cojones to eject LeBron James from an NBA game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's like going up against, I was going to say the president, but everybody's kind of going up against the president right now. Uh, But anyways... Got kicked out of the game. The Cavs still won handedly. Kevin Love played really well. That was their ninth straight win. Are we still concerned about the Cavs, or are they back? No, we're not concerned about the Cavs, and we've never been concerned concerned about about the Cavs. Cavs. Look, I remember seeing ESPN and every sports outlet in the world blow up when they had the meeting on like their fifth or sixth game of the year. It was like an internal meeting and everyone's like, oh my gosh, the Cavs, what are they going to do? Look, man, it's the Cavs. LeBron has been to seven, count them, seven straight finals. Albeit they're not all going with the Cavs. But if anybody has been here before, it's LeBron James. Because you got to remember when the big three happened at the Heat, everyone was like, oh, they're going to take over the world. And they had a bumpy start. And then sure enough, they go to the finals and... um. LeBron finally picks up one in Miami. The Cavs in 2015 when he came back with yeah. Love and Irving had a rocky start. It's it's just I'm so I've never been concerned about them to begin with. Um <laughs> but I'm especially not concerned with them um on a nine game winning streak. Here are their next five games. Atlanta, Memphis, Chicago, Sacramento, Sacramento and Indiana. That could be a 14 this game, game could, winning streak. Yeah, this could be a 14 game winning streak for the Cavs. Yeah. Um, I know they have some weird internal stuff with this whole Derrick Rose deal, yeah. um, which is kind of sad in and of itself um, to see it that is. happen. Yeah. But I, they're going to be all right, man. I think, I think they're the cream of the crop in the East. They always have been, always will be. Them in Boston will go at it. Um, but look, they're getting Isaiah back in, in December, uh, I think was the nearest timetable I saw. So yeah. Yeah. He keeps saying, I, you know, still follow him on Instagram and stuff. He keeps yeah. saying he'll be back soon. Yeah. Soon is one of those words, though, where it could mean a thousand different things. But even if you have him before the end of the year, say you have him by yeah. Christmas. That's huge. You're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be fine. So I um, think they're going to go on a, on a longer win streak than nine. Um, <laughs> be careful with that, though, because Logan and I recorded our podcast last Wednesday and the Celtics were riding a 16-game winning streak, and the Clippers were riding a nine-game losing streak, and then that both night, of them snapped. Both of the streaks. Snapped. I mean, I don't like the Cavs, so yeah. If this is the jinx, then you know, please go on a 14-game winning streak. <laughs> yeah, I could, uh, I could get behind that. Um, so you you mentioned Boston. Boston is quieted down a little bit um, with losses to Detroit and Miami in. Their last four games, they're two and two after the streak. Um, first of all, what do you think the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be? Like, who's going to be there? Is it Boston, Cleveland? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Okay. Who wins that series and then how many games? Cavs in six solely on experience. Hmm. Boston hasn't been there in a while. Um, in the sense of been there in a while as we can legitimately win this thing, been there. Yeah, and also we returned we the Celtics returned four players from the yeah. last season's team who, yeah. who made an Eastern Conference Finals yeah. run but was never considered a legitimate contender. Right. Yeah. I think I don't think I hate to bring this up. Gordon Go Hayward's there. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. If Gordon Hayward is there, huh. um, I yeah. think I think Boston could win it in a six or a seven. Um, but I think as much as it pains me to say this, because I'd love Boston to win, I think LeBron's experience, Kyrie or no Kyrie, um, it's a big deal. Can make it happen, and their rosters. He's got is D stacked. Wade who's been there. The roster's stacked. Yeah, he's got Kyle Korver who's been on some deep playoff yeah. runs. Like, yeah, they do have experience that the Celtics don't. The Celtics are yeah. relying in large part on a rookie and a second year player. Yep. And Kyrie, who's been there, but he's been there with LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say that Cleveland um, is still one of the top two teams in the East. Mm -hmm. I think that series, the impending series, is going to be a slugfest. Oh, I will watch every minute of of every game. And just the drama between Kyrie and LeBron. I I really hope that happens. Um, I, I would still take Boston in seven. You can call me a bit. Of a homer, I I, I hope that yeah, that happens. But I think Boston plays legitimate defense. I yes. will say the Cavs. The reason why they're on this nine-game winning streak, and I will say you mentioned their next five games. The nine games that they've won haven't been against the the greatest competition either. Right. Uh, not to take away from their streak at all, but they've been playing defense. I'm not totally sure what changed. Maybe they just got more focused. Um, but uh, yeah, they play defense. I will say Isaiah Thomas won't help in that category, but he'll take a lot of pressure off LeBron on the offense, which right. would be a big deal. Yeah, right. So I'm I'm less concerned. I wasn't, you know, going crazy about the Cavs a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. like that they were falling apart. Um, but I'm less concerned today than I was two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a reasonable sports person, I wasn't concerned. As a fan. I was loving it. Oh yeah! Just to watch them in their tightly fitting Goodyear sponsored <laughs> uniforms. They are really tight, aren't they? Dude, Maybe it's just LeBron. Yeah, it's just LeBron because yeah. LeBron is. What is can, he wearing? Like, so, so here's the thing: going, small? going, yeah, probably going back. Not, not to be dead horse on this whole ejection thing. Uh huh. So, I was scrolling through Reddit today. Fun stat for you. LeBron has shot one less free throw this season than Steph Curry, despite taking double the amount of two-point shots. Wow. So, look, I often look at LeBron and say, That's you know, cool you have you have lift flop, you know, you have all these nicknames for how dramatic he is. Yeah. So, but he's he's monstrous. So he's if it to me, he's almost pigeonholed in the sense of if he doesn't flop, then he's not going to get the call because he's so big that honestly, not a lot of people affect him. They affect his shot, yeah, but you're not going to see that because his arms are the size of trunks. And he's a freight train. And I brought this back for selfish reasons because I'm really proud of this. Okay, Kane Fitzgerald was the referee that threw him out. Okay, former D League referee, yeah. notoriously or G League, sorry, Gatorade, notoriously <laughs> known for technical fouls, once threw three techs in a first quarter. Wow. Of a G League, then D League game. <laughs> so this guy what is triggered. I think this ejection is insignificant. Yeah. He got trigger happy on the text, threw him out on. I mean, sure, LeBron went after him, but LeBron kind of has a case in my in my opinion, especially after seeing that Steph Curry side. I was like, this is interesting. Let's yeah. check out this ref. And turns huh. out he is a tech happy dude. So Kane Fitzgerald. Kane Fitzgerald. Congratulations, man. You are the <laughs> one and only guy to have ever thrown LeBron out yep. of a game. Call this guy Joey Crawford. <laughs> Good stuff. The new Joey Crawford. Oh, man. Uh, I will say, before we move on to the next question, um, the NBA has really cut back 
on uh, calling fouls that aren't fouls this season. Like last year, it was. Oh, it's atrocious. Yeah, atrocious. Just an absolute travesty. Just the way that guys would lean into ridiculous shots and get the fouls, yeah. and they've they've cut that out for the most Looking part. Looking at you, Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean Isaiah Thomas did it. James yeah. Harden did it. Any guard really did it. Um, LeBron did too. But uh, yeah, let's move on to number four. Really excited to hear your thoughts on this. Okay, go for it. Keeping in the NBA, you mentioned it earlier. Did David Fisdale deserve to get the axe, man? He got fired. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. I mean, granted, the night before, he left Marc Gasol on the bench. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter for the <laughs> last eight game. minutes. Which you really don't do, especially when Mike Conley is out and Gasol is really the only star on the team at that point. Um, and in a large part, the face of the franchise. Uh that's that's not a great move. Um, but Fisdale, you know, he was always one of those hot up and coming assistants with the heat. Yep. Like he he's he was talked about for a long time as a guy who was gonna be an NBA head coach. And I don't know, from my point of view, it seemed like he had won the team over. I mean, last year the Grizzlies outperformed as they always do. They went to the playoffs and won some games against the, the San Spurs. Antonio Spurs. Yeah. And in that series, Fizdale delivered one of the greatest NBA postgame pressers of all time. (laughs) Worth every fine. (laughs) He delivered, A, they're not going to rook us, and B, take that for data in one press conference, which was really impressive. And all of the players on the Grizzlies pitched in and paid his fine for Yes. Including Marc Gasol. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know. I just didn't see this coming. I feel like Fizdale, I mean deserved the the credit that he got for for leading the Grizzlies last year. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you started the season five and one. Okay. Yep. You go on a losing streak, sure, but that's the ebb and the flow. After Mike Conley gets hurt. Yes. Yeah. The NBA ebbs and flows like that, i.e. look at the Clippers, look at the Cavs who were, you know, supposedly struggling. Now they're on a nine game hot streak. Yeah. I get that benching Marcus All is a bad move, but I feel I feel like we never got to hear the why behind the what on that, and that's yeah. why it seems so fishy that they just pulled the trigger. We didn't have a chance, really. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I get the feeling, you know, and I have absolutely no inside information whatsoever, um, but I get the feeling that Mark Gasol came to ownership and said, it's either me or him. Like, one of us has to go. And the Grizzlies, you know, they're a small market team. They don't have a ton of chances to get superstars. Like, they're going to hold on to Mark Gasol I don't know if it takes everything that they have. That hurts me though. And so, I love me some Fizdale. Yeah. Fizdale had to, yeah. Take the hit. Um, he, he'll be an NBA head coach though. I'm yep. sure of that. Yeah. True or false question. Okay. Marcus all is a coach killer. So he's been through Lionel Hollins, Dave Yeager. Uh, and now Fizdale, am I missing anybody? I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, it might be true. I don't know. I, I I didn't know this. I heard it in a uh, podcast with uh, with Zach Lowe and Rachel Nichols today. Like the Gasol family is very very wealthy. Yep. Very well off and very Spanish and very Spanish. <laughs> and so I don't know if there was I don't know some kind of he didn't relate to maybe the blue collar kind of attitude and whatnot. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really like Marcus Saul. I want him to be a Celtic. I don't think that's happening now because they just fired their coach, their right. coach to keep him happy. Yep. Um, All things considered. We don't, like you said, don't know the backstory, but from the outside looking in. A little fishy. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap up with one more NBA question before we move on to the main course yep. college football. Question number five. Um, we are to the point in the NBA season where a lot of guys are getting hurt, which sucks. It's something I, I never like to see. Um, and so there are a few teams here, and I want to ask you, and we can both chime in, yep. on a scale of one to screwed, on a scale of one to ten, how screwed are these particular teams? Um, and I want to mention real quick, I got it's no just alert. In. Yeah. yeah, Christoph's Porzingis, it looked bad, but he just sprained his ankle yeah. and it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like he was actually even cleared to come back to tonight's game. Which, thank goodness, because if I was a Knicks fan, I would probably think about doing something <laughs> bad. Because there's... Gosh. I mean, he is the hope of New York City. Yes. Like... And he is one of the most exciting players in yep. the NBA this him, season. Him and that the would geek be freak. tragic, not only for Knicks fans, but for basketball fans like us. Yep. So let's start, and uh, Logan's not here, so we can say whatever we want to. The- let's start with the Los Angeles Clippers. Patrick Beverly just had surgery to repair a microfracture and meniscus injury to his right knee. He is out for the season. And then we just got news yesterday that Blake Griffin sprained his MCL and he's out for at least two months. So on a scale of one to 10, how screwed are the Clippers? Can they even make the playoffs? I'm going to make this quick because we have some teams coming up and I don't, I feel like we could spend at least an hour on this alone. Yep. Um, Sorry, Logan, 11. Look, man, (laughs) you lost your top leading scorer and your main assist creator in Blake Griffin. And you lost good point. And point Blake. Yeah. So you're, you're down there and, you're now your top scores are going to be Lou Williams and Austin Rivers, which no offense to those guys, they're great, but they're just not. You can't rely on them. No, yeah, you're not there. I will say Lou Williams, I think dropped forty three the night Blake went out. Yeah, which, which is insane. But yeah, but not sustainable. Also, not to mention, while he's not injured, your top defensive player DeAndre Jordan is yeah. kind of unofficially on the trading block. I think it's official. It's going to happen, man. So it's like, for I viewed all of these in preparing for these questions. I viewed all of this in the sense of this season, whether if you're screwed the season, not necessarily long yeah, term of the season, yeah. you're not making the playoffs. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's not happening, especially in the West, which has been a little weaker than expected. But still, yep. I mean, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath late in the season. Not to mention they're missing Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari is yep. a tough one for some reason. Uh, Tia Dosich, another tough name to pronounce they're missing a lot of players i think you'll beat the bottom of the barrel teams in the west but i mean there unless it's some sort of situation where a bunch of players get benched late in the season i mean you're just not going to win those games in my opinion yeah hey potential for a cinderius thornwell uh breakout hey season? which i'm cool with yeah i'm cool because look he when you look at his points per game not going to be that high but when you look at his percentage he makes shots man yeah and he makes free throws yeah uh yeah i would give the clippers a a nine or a ten um especially because that trade is is looming right back at you with the denver nuggets paul Millsap surgery on zay wrist out for three months yeah i'm gonna give the nuggets a four 
Um, the Nuggets really didn't lose anybody other than Gallinari over the off season. And even then he's been so in and out of the lineup with injuries. Yep. Like it, it's not like they lost any core pieces. They really just added Paul Millsap in exchange for, for really nothing. And the Nuggets team last year, I want to say they finished ninth in the West. Like they were right out of the playoffs and they've got a lot of, uh, nice pieces. Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Moutier looks a little bit better this season, which is encouraging. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, the team runs through Jokic. Yes. So I still feel like the Nuggets, you know, I, I picked them at the beginning of the season to be the five seed. I think they're closer to seven or eight, um, but I still think they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. They're sixth place in the West right now. Yeah. I think they can stay there. Hot take. I don't think the West is weak enough. Honestly, I don't think the West is strong enough for anybody that's below the AC right now to t- overtake Denver. Hmm. That's what I meant to say about that. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. All right, let's move on to another team out West, the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert got hurt about two weeks ago. He has a bone bruise in his right knee, but apparently it's pretty bad. He will be out probably four or five more weeks. What do you think about the Jazz? 7.5. Pretty tough schedule. Yeah. I don't see them making the playoffs. Yeah. Unlike the Nuggets, the Jazz did lose somebody this yes, offseason. Yes, exactly. Named Gordon Hayward, yeah. who is my favorite player, who's only played five minutes for my favorite team. His ankle was once at a 50-degree angle <sighs> at one point in the season. Gosh, <laughs> and his leg at the same time. Um, but yeah, this team was, their identity was on defense. Yep. And it started and ended, the Alpha and Omega, with uh, Rudy Gobert. Feel a little sacrilegious saying that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just taking him away from that team, like what is that team's identity? Like where are they going to get points from? Where are they going to get stops Music, from? man. Yeah, and it's been pretty bad since then. I think we'll, we will continue to see that. I will say their rookie point guard, Donovan Mitchell from Louisville, looks good. Yep. Um, but the Jazz, your number was 7.5. Mm-hmm. I'll go with an 8. Yeah. Yeah, so right around there. Not in the playoffs. Sorry. Right. Uno Mas? Uno Mas. The beloved Brooklyn Nets, D'Angelo Russell, knee surgery out until January. Yeah, so this one's tough because the Nets, I mean, they didn't really have playoff aspirations. Like, they're fun. Dude, they're a we read team. each other's minds. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, not a lot was at stake anyways. Um, but D'Angelo Russell is, he has become quickly the face of that franchise, and he's their hope at a, at a superstar. Um, so, I don't know, three? I gave him a two. My notes literally say two. Yeah. Underneath it, it said screwed from the start. Yeah, exactly. They're the Brooklyn Look, Nets. They're like, the Brooklyn Nets. They make horrible so trades. Low. You're not making yeah. it. And it, it could be one of those situations where, you know, Gordon Hayward went down and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had to step up. D'Angelo Russell goes down and Jeremy Lin goes down. Yeah. So all these other young guys are having to step up and they've, they've got some talent on their cool team. Cool for they're, development and yeah. making the playoffs. Sorry. Exactly. They're no longer the worst team in the league. Um, But yeah, this one hurts. He'll be out until at least January. Yep. Cool. Well, that takes us through the starting five. That only took 30 minutes, probably longer. Let's move on to uh, the meat of this pod, this Mm. particular pod. We're going to do a college football championship special. So I don't know how we uh, didn't get to it at the top of the show, but uh, 
There was a rivalry game in the state of South Carolina this weekend. Mm. Clemson versus Carolina. Final score, 34 to 10. Mm. The real score, looks better, 34 to yeah, Looks better on the scoreboard <laughs> than the game was. Yeah, as a Carolina fan, I don't know. How are you consoling yourself? Here's the problem with being a Carolina fan. Is that You're in a Carolina fan. That, and inevitably, no matter how hard you try to suppress it, hope is going to come up. Look, man, eight and three, locked in second place in the SEC East after Georgia beat Kentucky, which Good is season. incredible. Surprising season, yeah. So I'm coming in. They announced it was a 7:30 game at Williams Bryce. I'm like, this is we have hope here. <laughs> and then once again, I mean, I know you already got grilled by probably every other Carolina fan ever. Jake Bentley, man, just forgets how to be a quarterback when he plays Clemson. It's weird. So last year, his stat line, 7 for 17, 41 yards, one interception. Didn't come back in the second half due to a knee injury. <laughs> um, I put that in air quotes. Yeah. 2017, 16 for 29, 126 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. One touchdown came in the fourth quarter Wow. against... How many yards per game does he average on like any given week? I mean, between two hundred and three hundred, probably somewhere like in there. Yeah, I mean, stats? when we yeah. when we played Georgia, it was down. But I mean, we played Georgia. Yeah, twenty four ten in Athens. Yeah, look good. It's fine. Yeah, it it hurts, man. And then you have <laughs> the greatest future Patriot of all time, Hunter Renfro. Oh man. Four that for, play was insane. Four receptions, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Went beast mode on that one play. Yeah, that was that was fun. Carolina, I think that's when all the hope was officially drained out yeah. at that point. Carolina's got some work to do. I'm hoping that we can kind of have our own sort of coaching maneuvers. Muschamp should stay. Kurt Roper's got to go. Offensive coordinator, Kurt Roper, he's yeah. got to go. I have my fingers crossed. This just in Rice uh, got rid of their head coach or huh. the head coach left, one of the two. Yeah. Kurt Roper was a quarterback at Rice. And from what I understand, from what I've read, it seems like a apply for this position and if you get it, take it or That's accept your resignation. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. Because I really, I was really hoping that this eight and four, we're going to a, a somewhat decent bowl game, hopefully didn't overshadow the fact that Kurt Rober is garbage. And I don't think it is. I think people know that. Yeah. So nice. we're like a hundred and something in every offensive category ever this wow, year. Wow, That's crazy. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Now I'm sure things, and we could crunch the numbers. I'm sure things went downhill when uh, Debo Samuel got out for the season. Right? Yeah. But even then, I mean, so Debo was a great guy to have in the slot. Debo made the majority of his spectacular, this is going on ESPN plays Run on special teams. Catch. Oh yeah. Special yeah, yeah. teams. Yeah. You're totally right. Um, you know, two kick returns and, uh, back to back games. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that hurt, hmm. but I don't see, we might've beat Kentucky with, with Debo, maybe A&M. Yeah. I mean, this will sound like wishful thinking and a typical Carolina fan going into the Clemson game. We're like, 12 plays away from being a one loss team to Georgia. A&M, we blew the lead. Kentucky was just this awkward, just game. Like it was just, oh, this happened and we lost. Any Kentucky SEC win is an awkward game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's enough. You don't need to uh, drown in your misery yeah. any more than you already have. I will say uh, we watched the game together. It was brave of you. You invited 10 Clemson there were fans. Lots. Yeah. yeah there were it lot. was you and... 
your little sister wearing a Carolina gear. Yep. Yeah. The rest of us were Clemson fans. Um, I was honestly, I mean, I was a little not intimidated, but I respected Carolina. They put together a good season. It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Uh, I, I told you at the end of the night, you know, I wish it was, wish it would have been a closer game. Yeah. It would have been more, I mean, it was entertaining for me, but entertaining for both sides. I will say I have felt your pain though, because Taj Boyd forgot how to play quarterback. Yep. That's the, true. The Gamecocks too. And we lost five in a row. Yep. Not too long ago before this three game winning streak. Just got so, to yeah, just got a push notification on my phone. Uh, next year's hashtag is going to be never again, again. <laughs> so. Let's see how that works out for you guys. Uh, that was funny. Hashtag never forget. Uh, well, let's move on to a little bit more college football. I, I would be remiss to uh, not mention just how awesome college basketball was over Thanksgiving break. How awesome it was and how overrated Arizona was. So, Oh, my gosh. Went from number two to unranked. Apart. Yeah. And we, uh, we don't really have time to dive into college basketball, but I just want to say, like, I don't know. I noticed it this year. The PK-80 tournament was awesome. It was lit. Yeah. I noticed it more this year than I had any other year because normally you start with your non-conference games and it's yeah. kind of gross. Um, but I like this. They should make this a tradition. Like Thanksgiving week, there yep. were some great college basketball games. Yep. Hot take. Duke's going to the Final Four. They're the real deal this year. They're the real deal. It, I don't it hurts me. I know if me. that's a hot take, dude. They are loaded. Mm. Yeah. Grace I will Allen say. looks amazing. And I know I just said we won't dive into college basketball. Watch out for Florida. They're yep. not completely healthy yet. Yep. They took Duke down to the wire. Another um, hot take. Best SEC basketball conference since the late 80s, in yeah. my opinion, this yeah. year. Florida, Alabama. Kentucky, A&M's up there, right? Yeah. South- Alabama almost won with three players. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's for another pod. Colin Sexton is man. amazing. Okay. Great. But that's enough on college basketball. We will, we will get there. Um, again, we want to cover what's what's hot, what's in the news, what's what's fresh on the people's minds. Um, and right now, it is college football. We are gearing up for a historic mm. weekend of college football. I mean, I just can't remember a weekend that has this many top 10 teams facing off against one another. For a title. Yeah. Yeah. With crazy playoff implications. But before we get there, let's uh, let's take a trip, a, a quick ride on the uh, coaching carousel that's happened to this past week. I would say the biggest news was Chip Kelly yep. choosing UCLA over Florida. Do you feel like this is the right move for Chip Kelly? Do you feel like it's the right move for UCLA? I think Chip Kelly just likes the Pac-12, man. I mean... I mean, would you rather go up against Pac-12 coaches or SEC coaches? The easier path is... In 2017? Obviously... That's actually a good point. The SEC is a little weak right now, but in the East, Florida, I'd look. You, you'll lose Kirby to Kirby Smart, Smart yeah. but that's about it. Will uh, Muschamp, baby? Yeah, I don't know. It's just the path to the playoff is probably easier through Pac-12. That and I think we all know this. Chip Kelly isn't going to change. I think he's going to be able to run his style of offense in the Pac-12 better than he would that's at a, a Florida. Point. Yeah. Which, yeah, they run the shotgun and all that stuff. Everybody does. But it's still very much, at the end of the day in the SEC, no matter how bad the teams are, you still kind of have a run right at them, helmet to helmet kind of grind rather than a spread heavy QB run offense. Yeah, that's a good point. He he wouldn't totally fit. Um, I think UCLA was the perfect place for him. I think, you know, it's an upgrade over working at ESPN. Um, That. (laughs) 
California is one of the best states to be in as far as recruiting goes. It's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, has more recruits in it than, uh, than Oregon ever did. Um, now granted he's going up against USC, you know, they're, yep. you know, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty close to one another and, and kind of fight for the same ground. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good fit. I like it. Pac 12. Yeah. I, like I don't necessarily think they're going to go in and make waves initially. Um, give it two or three years. And they need to. That's something that since Oregon, the Eagles gave him a year, maybe two. Yeah. The Niners gave him a year. Like it's going to take time to implement a system that, that that's that complicated. Yes. That's that different. Um, so I think UCLA will. And will in my opinion, do doesn't work in the NFL. I think yeah. like going back to I think it's my beloved time, but go ahead. Yeah. Spurrier didn't work on the NFL. I think Chip Kelly is a college coach just as much as, I mean, Saban didn't work out. Saban didn't work out. Yeah. yeah. There's a track record. So here. yeah, there's a difference between college and NFL, no matter what kind of offense is being run at one point in time. Yeah. So Chip Kelly spurned Florida to go to UCLA. Dan Mullen mm. jumped ship from Mississippi state to Florida. What do you think about this move being an sec fan? SEC fan. I think it's kind of cool. If I'm a Mississippi state fan, I'm at home crying a bucket of tears into my cowbell because <laughs> this hurts, man. The like Mississippi cowbells. state wasn't great, but Dan Mullen fit. He fit in my yeah. opinion, Mississippi state. And for him to jump ship, not only, I don't know, to a Florida team in the conference, I think it makes sense for Florida, but it's just, I don't know. I liked Mississippi State. As an SEC fan, I liked Mississippi State. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little sad for Mississippi State. I mean, he went to a team in the same conference, like... I don't know. It it just kind of tells you what he thinks about Mississippi State. Like it was a stepping stone into a bigger right. program. I right. Guess. Which in my opinion, Mississippi State's better than Florida. They have been the past few years. Yeah. I mean, they have at least had a quarterback. Florida hasn't had a quarterback in a decade. Yep. And even then it was Tim Tebow. Yeah. <laughs> and he was pretty unconventional <laughs> as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, so gosh, that's gotta be, I don't know. Just Chris Leak, in my opinion, is your one. is your last quarterback yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Jeff Driscoll tried. You know, he was on an NFL roster at some yep. point. That blows my mind. mind. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, Dan Mullen went to Florida. Greg Schiano went to Tennessee. Psych. <laughs> what the heck? This is this is where I start to get a little emotional, man. Look, Tennessee, <sighs> you didn't win a conference game this year. 0-8 in SEC play. Yeah. You got embarrassed by Vanderbilt. What are you doing here? Because you talk about pigeonholing yourself between a rock and a hard place. Pun intended on the rock. <laughs> nice. Um, look, you bring this guy on. I'm not condoning anything that happened at Penn State in any regard. But there's no concrete evidence on this dude. None whatsoever. His name was brought up once. And they didn't even do any further investigation because... There was no legitimacy to it. So nothing in that. And this guy can bring you a legitimate spark. And now, look, if you're if you're a prospective coach looking to come to Tennessee and you watch all this go down, you're going to say you're going to change your mind over 100 or 125 protesters that go out and say that this guy has yada, 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 and they spray paint a rock yeah. on campus. Is that how many it was? Dude, it wasn't anything significant. What the heck? 
and you're going to go in and and go back on your word and not hire this guy. I'm why would I want to go to Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah, that makes who, it who who in all honesty out of all the SEC venues I've been to, Tennessee fans are my favorite. Like mm. classiest fans in the SEC, hands down. Yeah. But this is kind of a head scratcher to me because outside of just I don't know, outside of your moral conflict, you have nowhere to go but up after this year in my opinion. Mm. That's true. And you talk about, if I'm Tennessee, I have the biggest sports college football hangover of all time. You go on a roller coaster ride of a year last year, yeah. literally winning every game on what seems like a Hail Mary or a touchdown within the last 30 seconds. So fluky. And then you kind of close that one out poorly, make nothing of it. Yeah. And then you go into this year and lose every game in the conference. And it ain't like the SEC East is stacked. Yeah. George is your only George is your beloved son in the East. Everyone else is kind of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. No the offense to my alma mater, attack. but we're an overrated eight and four because <laughs> the East sucks. Truth comes out. Yeah, I would agree. Ultimately, I, I don't know. I just find like the whole situation a little scary. Like, wow, people have that much power yeah. to uh to sway people. And even a hundred, hundred and twenty-five people, whatever it was, like they made that decision for the higher ups at Tennessee. Yeah. That's and crazy. some state representative tweeted like, you know, thank you for setting morals above your sports fandom or something along those lines. Yeah. But it ain't like you're trying to hire Sandusky himself in this thing. I mean, no. Yeah. No I, evidence. I, I feel for Greg Schiano. I've just heard multiple reports that he's a really awesome dude. Yep. Yeah. Stand he, up guy. Look, focus on the big team championship. Record. I mean, He's another guy who didn't totally pan out in the NFL with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but (laughs) doing well at Ohio State right now. I think Shiano will find a job. I think the the timing is right for him, but it won't be at Tennessee. That's for sure. Nope. Um, Kevin Sumlin is out at Texas A&M. He'll find a job. He has to. Yeah. He has to. That one kind of made sense. Texas A&M has just not been what it could be. The past couple years, yep. Since Johnny Football, really, in that one year of Kenny Thrill, um, yeah. I think A and M's coach is going to be some low profile guy that's probably coaching in the MAC that had a good. I mean, I don't <laughs> think this is going to be some. Oh man, can you believe such and such is going to A and M? Yeah, I will say I think that's the most attractive job on the. It table. has to be. There's so much doggone money in that school. Oh my gosh, incredible fan base. Yeah. Um, I mentioned recruiting in California. There's no better state than Texas yep. as far as recruiting goes. Yeah. I, That's an awesome situation. I have situation. to agree with you. If Texas A&M called me right now and asked me to be their head coach, I would agree. Um, yeah. Just throwing that out there, Aggies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know. If I have Furman no called me and offered me the head coach, I'd take it. <laughs> I don't know. That would actually be a ton of pressure. Being a head coach is Yeah, kinda, also Furman's kind of good. Yeah. Then go, offer uh, both are high seeds in the, in the playoffs. Go Paladins. All right, Anything's one more. Anything's better uh, attractive than Arizona State. <laughs> so Arizona State has an opening. Uh, it was reported this morning that Herm Edwards of ESPN, formerly the head coach of the New York Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs, is interviewing for the job. What do you think about that? This is laughable. Listen, guys, Herm Edwards hasn't coached a college football team since 1989. Taylor wow. Swift was an infant the last Dang. time this guy coached. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> it 
It's insane, man. I mean, we if if you turn on ESPN and watch Herm Edwards, like he might be certifiably crazy. Like his his takes and his demeanor, it's it's just not head coach material anymore. Um, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine him going back to the college ranks and getting a head coach. And not job. only that, but to going back to the whole Chip Kelly thing, a Pac twelve Arizona State. Yeah, you gotta you gotta play against some pretty mean teams. That's a whole system of offense that hasn't, you know, the NFL hadn't evolved into what it is today with this whole spread offense when he was a coach, and he hasn't coached college football since 1989. A lot has changed. Please, and it's for not the like love he was the most successful good. coach. Either. Is it what San Jose State or something? I don't even know. Please don't, <laughs> please don't hire him. Hire Sumlin or something. That's so funny. And and partially, yeah, Herm Edwards is ridiculous on ESPN, but I do enjoy him. I yeah. even I even feel that way with like Stephen A. Smith. Like, yes, he's man. It was fun doing this podcast totally with you. Ridiculous. <laughs> You're done. We have to end it right. That here. was the final straw. But it, it's it's like I can like laugh at him, basically, not with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Way to make the headline, though. I mean, way way to make your coaching job known, Arizona State, by bringing in Herm Edwards to a from all things yeah. it looks like what was other a legitimate ESPN interview. personalities should they consider uh, Rex Ryan? So I saw a Sergio dip. I saw a tweet that was like, man, this is the last Tampa Bay, former Tampa Bay coach. That's now on ESPN person to interview for a job that I would think of elbow, 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 oh. <laughs> John Gruden. Yeah. Hey, I mean that's another rumor. John Gruden might be coming back. He he's been rumored to come back since like 2010. But he's He'd another one of those great. ones. I don't know. Really, I, I hear him oh. all the time on Monday Night Football, and I'm like, this guy says nothing. Like may, maybe it's, you know, he's not putting a ton of thought into it, and you know, obviously you have to have a different perspective as a commentator than you would a coach. Yeah. But I'm like. This dude just sounds funny, says funny things. But if like, I'm Tennessee, I'd take him. Say much, yeah. I think Gruden's going to the NFL. I could see that happening. I think Gruden's not going anywhere, and he'll be happy living his life sipping margaritas. Coronas. On oh yeah, Coronas. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sipping Coronas. Probably both. And analyzing Monday Night Football and having a QB camp. Yeah, I mean, seems like a good life to me. Yep. All right, let's move on to the nitty-gritty. It is championship weekend in college football. Why don't we start with the ACC? Why not? We got number one Clemson taking on number seven Miami. This is a win in your end, right? It has to be. Yeah. No doubt. Both one-loss teams. Two teams with losing records. Yeah, Syracuse and Pitt. Pretty rough. Um, big, big East. Yeah, I mean, this one is... Yeah, you're right. Pretty simple. It's like... You win and you're in, you lose, and you go to the Orange Bowl, which isn't a bad place to be, but it's not the playoff. Look, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Clemson in the past two to three years has mastered the art of losing at the right time. (laughs) Pitt last year. Pitt's a better team than Syracuse this year. Absolutely. Syracuse hasn't won a game since they beat Clemson. People are looking at Miami saying they shouldn't get in even if they win. And I'm like, no way. Clemson lost at the right time. Everybody else kind of lost after them. Yeah. And now people are like, oh, Clemson's a shoe and you have to be. Miami's got an impressive enough resume. They've got wins over Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, um, not Pitt. 
um, and, maybe, <laughs> and maybe Clemson uh, this weekend. Who who do you think's the favorite in this game? If you had to pick one, Clemson's the, Clemson's the favorite. I mean, they're number one. Right? They have to be. They're hotter right now. Yeah, I think they're hotter right now. However, Miami has never won an ACC championship. Yeah. I mean, they're another one of those Big East crossovers. Yeah, they sports. dominated the Big East in the early 2000s. And but then they've been off the map. I've yep. honestly enjoyed the Miami resurgence. Oh, I, I love it. Cool. They got the turnover chain. They got their swag back. They're really matching the 30 for 30s, you know. <laughs> it's going to be the U part three. Yeah. Yeah, I do think Clemson has to be the favorite in this game. I watched a little bit of Miami Pitt. Actually, I watched pretty much the whole game. And uh, Malik Rozier, not, I mean, Kelly Bryant isn't. You know, Deshaun Watson, he's not a top-level talent, that's for sure. Um, but uh, Malik Rozier, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be able to handle that Clemson defensive line. Um, Miami's strength is definitely their defense, Oh, too. absolutely. So this could end up being, you know, a 14-10 game or I something like that. I think it's pretty low scoring. Yeah. I seriously do, which is... I thought Clemson Carolina would be low scoring. and Yeah, and their defense would They the were under the over-under. Yeah, um, it wasn't no was, 56 to 7. Yeah. But, yeah, Clemson asked to get it. Um, I'd love to see Mark Rick just take it, though. Pretty impressive. Mark Rick, first year back at his alma mater, yeah. taking them this far. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope Miami is here to stay. Um, no offense, uh, but go Hurricanes. <laughs> That's okay, man. <laughs> Respect it. All right, let's move on to the Gamecocks Conference SEC Championship. Alabama, nowhere to be found. It's number two, Auburn. Two loss, Auburn. Yeah. Versus number six, Georgia. This also is the two losses. Yeah, this is the most intriguing to me. Revenge of the Bulldogs. Um, it's their opportunity. I don't. Yeah, I don't know it if is. it's going to happen. But they got crushed game one, dude. Which no, I was shocked by. No question about it. I was watching that game. I was like, "This is this legitimately happening?" Yeah. What? Auburn's on fire right now. Yeah. They just beat Georgia. They just beat Bama. Yep. Yeah. They lost to LSU, which was shocking. <laughs> Every team has a shocking loss at this point. Right. Um, their other loss came to Clemson. Came to Clemson, which I take some pride in. So, so outside of LSU, which that game was just embarrassing. You lost to Clemson, who's the number one seed right now. Not a bad loss. Not a bad loss. Yeah. In comparison to Clemson and Miami's loss to yeah. teams with losing records. Yep. Georgia's one and only loss comes to Auburn. Um, Is that their one loss? Yep. Oh, dang. They Yeah, they ran the East. Wow. They lost to Auburn. And they dropped all the way to six. I Yeah, it, yeah that's my yeah. Clemson loss at the right time. It's, it's all about timing. I know the playoffs... They're like, look, we don't take into timing. We don't take into margin of victory or whatever, but you got to pass the eye test. As an as a Carolina Gamecock fan, I'm rooting for Georgia to win this game 100% because the SEC needs to be great again, and I think Georgia is our only hope in that at the moment. You mean the SEC East? Yeah, SEC, SEC East. Okay. Yeah, okay. SEC East. We have to have some strength there to be legitimate. I mean, when you look at what what it used to be, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. Yeah. And now I mean dominated. And it's now really it's falling apart. Now Georgia's kind of coming. Um I think Auburn's got him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Auburn can be beat right now. Auburn is hot, hot, hot. Jarrett Stidham is playing quite a bit better. The only the only thing I'm by. nervous about is they had their they had some running back injuries against 
Bama. And That's I true. don't know if that will... I haven't seen any reports on how long it is. I got to figure, when. I mean, three of their running backs got hurt, right? Yeah. And what seemed like Hopefully a matter of like three one plays. of them is okay. Yeah. Like, and we'll be back. But hey, they were just fine without them. Like, yeah. they kind of, kind of handed it to Bama, which I was pretty surprised by. I thought, you know, yeah. it would be close. We, we talked about game. it. Um, we were watching the, when the Clemson Carolina game, mm-hmm. Alabama never had control of that game. Never. Yeah. And Auburn sort of should have scored another touchdown. They fumbled it on their own 12. Um, they should have beat that game more handily. It's going to be weird to see all these two lost teams in. Fun fact, Auburn is the uh, first two-loss team to be in the college football rankings, uh, one through four, in the history of the rankings. Wow, that's yep. crazy. Yeah, that speaks to, uh, I don't know, just the the storyline of this season. Um, I don't know. There There is no one dominant team like there right. have been in years past. Clemson right. and Bama are both, you know, they're right in the thick of it, but they're both, these are the weakest rosters they've had in the last three years. Yep. Um, so I don't know. That that makes it more fun, in my opinion, just the, the parody. Um, cool. Let's move on to another... Winning your in, I think the Big Ten championship, mm. maybe Ohio State's a little. I, uh, I have some opinions sketchy. on this. That if Wisco wins, they're look in. Wisconsin. This is your chance. You have to prove all the doubters wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wisconsin really doesn't have any signature wins on the season, right? Like they have That's, played the cushiest schedule out of the top fourteen. Yes, it's not even close. But here comes Ohio State, who looks really, really hot right now. And they looked a little wonky against Michigan in the first half, but then they just they showed their colors in the second half. Yep. Look, Wisconsin, you did it. Twelve and zero, you you ran it. You have to win this game. Got to finish. Yeah. Win it for your school and to prove the haters wrong, and win it so for the love of God, Ohio State doesn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Please not don't. Not an Ohio State fan, huh? No, I'm not an Urban Meyer fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, Few people are. I just really don't want to see them in the playoffs again. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, as a Clemson fan, I'm not afraid of them because uh, <laughs> 31 nothing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm all for new teams making the playoffs. Like, I would love to see a playoff without Alabama. I would love to see a playoff without Ohio State. Yep. I do want Clemson to be there. But that's just because I have a rooting interest. I'm, I'm kind of tired of, of Clemson-Alabama matchups. Okay. That's so cool. I'd be cool with them. Yeah, I mean, in the same vein, I'm tired of Warriors-Cavs matchups. But I'm sure if I was a Warriors or Cavs fan, I'd be totally into it. 100%. So, I don't know. Let's try Clemson-Auburn this year or something like that. Um, dude, I think Ohio State wins this game, though. Mm. With the caveat of JT Barrett playing. And if the cameraman keeps <laughs> maybe the JT cameraman's a Wisconsin from fan. playing, what a story that would be. Yeah, that would be. Also, how long has JT Barrett been Ohio State? At least six years. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's yeah. been forever. Is he doing grad school right now? Gosh, I think so. All right, Big Twelve, Oklahoma, TCU, go. Yeah, this is a secretly uh, pretty awesome game. And Not important. only because it has the uh, Heisman favored in it. I mean, if Oklahoma wins, they're in. TCU is pretty underrated. I mean, they've they've been right around the top for a while in a Big 12 championship. I mean, 
Could you make a case for TCU? Mm, it'd be hard. Yeah. Considering their two losses. Um, Who are their two losses to? Oklahoma and I mean, Iowa okay. State. Okay, so Iowa State's a bad loss. Oklahoma's not that bad of a loss. Yeah, this is and this they've is got my a chance opinion. to avenge them. This is their revenge game. This is yeah. Auburn, Georgia, in a in its own kind of weird way. Yeah, Oklahoma's in got them. Big twelvey way. Baker Mayfield's going to go out and grab his crotch all over him and win <laughs> this game. Yeah, Oklahoma. There's too much. Seems like a force to be reckoned. Too with much right strength now. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they just have the best player in this game, and maybe the best player in the country this season. Yeah. Oklahoma, they win this. They're they're a lock for the playoff, no yep. doubt. Yep. Um, two teams that won't be making the playoff: Pac-12 championship, USC versus Stanford. Um, USC every year it feels like they begin the year incredibly overrated. Yep. Sam Darnold, yes, was <laughs> hyped like no other quarterback oh. I can remember. Yep. And of course they were a letdown for most mm-hmm. of the season, but quietly they've crept back up They're They're number 10. Uh, they have a pretty strong strength of schedule overall, um, which I found a little surprising and they got a good matchup now against a very hot Stanford team that just took down Notre Dame. Don't think it'll happen, mm-hmm. but never say never USC blows Stanford out of the water. They could make a case. Dang. Just throwing it out there. I mean, they're a and champion. That's that if, matters. Yes. And that yeah. is if every scenario Hits the fan, USC could creep in. Hot take. Uh, USC beats Stanford handily. I mean, the media loves USC. They love them. Yeah. This would be a good matchup, though. Two hot teams, like probably not playoff teams. Yeah. Rivalry game, state of California. Like, yeah. Um, Looking forward to it. It's also on Friday night, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Leave it to the Pac 12 to give us some weird timing on that one. But uh, yeah, it's not just in there with the, the rest of the Saturday games. Uh, one more championship that I find interesting only for the fact that UCF is undefeated. Look, if this is anything like the UCF USF game, I'm watching every minute, every (laughs) second, every commercial, every down. Yeah. That was the most exciting game I've ever seen. Here's the fallacy with the playoffs and it will forever be until it expands. Mm -hmm. UCF is on the table. Yeah. There are two undefeated teams. Yeah. UCF and Wisconsin. You have to credit UCF for that. It's not their fault they're in the ACC. Who knows how good they are? AAC, sorry. I mean, you think about that Boise State team in 2006. They ran the table. They beat Oklahoma like... Cough, cough, Western Michigan, who went in their January 1 Bowl and absolutely shabliterated. Yeah, like, you you just never know. Yeah. Um, And it's... It's a shame. That is kind of the fallacy there. Yep. Um, if the playoff ever expands to eight teams, I think they should find a way to get these mid-major schools who run the table into the tournament as like the eighth seed, basically. Power five champion, best uh, group five and or group five champion and two wild cards. There's yeah, your eight. There right you go. There. And Memphis has one loss as well. This is a good game. Yep. Um, UCF hasn't been this good since Blake Bortles. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, fun fact, UCF's one loss that year, South Carolina. Hey, Tell your nice. friends. Nice. Um, yeah, UCF wins this. Okay. 13 cool. I don't know enough about either team to uh, <laughs> to give my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I hope UCF runs the table. That's always fun. And if they win, they're in a New Year's 6 game. Yeah, not yeah. New Year's 1, New Year's 6. I can't remember. Yeah. I know they called it. January one or they always have some sort of they need to stick with it. Yeah. It's always sponsored by Goodyear or somebody though. (laughs) Yeah. So one team that won't be playing this weekend, 
is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm, that makes me happy. Same here. Who currently sit at number five. What will it take for Alabama to get into the playoff? So I have. I two, feel like it's going to happen. I just do. I have I two know. scenarios written down, not for Alabama, but just overall. Kay. If the top seeds win, everybody wins. Yeah. So Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin. Okay. They're in. That's yeah. your four right there. No questions asked. Everything stays the same. Clemson one, Oklahoma two, Wisconsin three, Auburn four. Yeah. We all in agreement on that. Well, I don't know if. I mean, Auburn's two right now, so they might stick it to, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that was switch. Yeah. If all the top seeds lose, meaning Miami wins, I Georgia wins. I can actually wins. see Wisconsin jumping with a win over Ohio State just because it solidifies them. I can see that. undefeated. But yeah. anyways, yeah. If the top seeds lose, Georgia, Miami, Ohio State, TCU win. In my opinion, your number one seed is Georgia. 12 and 1. 12 and 1 yeah, SEC yeah. champion Georgia you have With to be. With a win over Auburn. Yeah. Miami might be number 1. So Miami Georgia flip a coin. That's crazy because right now they're 6 and 7. But yeah, they win in their championship game over legit competition. Number 3 is Ohio State. Yep. Number 4, lo and behold, Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. yeah. Which hurts me because it goes against everything that the CFP playoff committee or that's redundant. Yeah. College football playoff committee says they're about, which is winning a conference matters and Alabama could sneak in. And it goes against what Nick Saban said last yep. season that winning a conference matters and that you should yeah. have to win your conference in order to get into the playoff, which is an idea I subscribe to and he did too, but now he's gone back on his word. Yeah. Shady, shady Nick Saban. I think a lot of these, to your point earlier, it's winning your in. Look, if you Clemson, Miami, loser of that game is out. Auburn, Georgia, loser of that game is out. Ohio yeah. State, Wisconsin, loser of that game is out. It's going to take some sort of wacky system to get a non-conference champion in this, in my yeah. opinion. So, so I TCU think TCU beating Oklahoma opens the door for Alabama. Absolutely, as does Ohio State, Wisconsin. Yes, I think. Then the Ohio State Alabama conversation becomes very, very interesting. But I think just the fact that Bama has one loss, Ohio State has two. I think that would vault them ahead of it. Although Ohio State's a conference champion, conference champion, Big Ten competitive conference, it's it has the potential to get very, very messy, very the, controversial. This is the most complicated college football playoff since its conception. Yeah, but I will say, and I know that you'll agree with me, the college football playoff is so much better than the BCS national. Championship yeah, the BCS game. is garbage. Like we're debating between four and five instead of two and three. Imagine, now, imagine and this layout. For who goes to the national championship game. Oh, it would be absolute madness. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a Bama fan listening to the podcast, you got to be rooting for Ohio State and TCU this weekend, I think. Absolutely. Because that's your that's your avenue. Rooting for, for Ohio State and TCU and hoping that the college football playoff gives you a... <laughs> I think I th I the agree with you in the, the benefit of the doubt and the fact that oh Alabama has history Alabama's name it holds weight. It's, it's all why, about this season, man. It should be. It should be. Least. But it's why Notre Dame and USC always randomly find themselves in the top at the beginning of the year yeah, because totally everyone right. loves them and everybody yeah. knows Alabama. Because Alabama, watch it. They'll go in there. They'll sneak their way in. They'll go in and win this dang thing and prove everyone wrong. I.e. Ohio State of 2014. Hmm. Well, I am really looking forward to it. This is going to be yeah. 
a weekend for the ages. Yeah, Saturdays are for the boys, You're especially right. December 2nd. Yeah, and you know what? This is going to be our last Saturday like this for quite a while yep. because bowl season is great, but the games are all spread out. Bowl He's shaking not his great. head. Maybe bowl season isn't that great. It's not great. It'll be great when the Carolina New Year plays. Six is great. New Year's Six is awesome. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyways, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, let's move on. All right, so we're going to wrap up the podcast with a few closing remarks. First of all, we want to do the uh, hashtag tweet of the week. There were some great nominees this week. Um, funny stuff is just happening on sports Twitter. But I think the one that takes the cake, uh, my, my brother Logan actually sent it to me first, and he said, tweet of the year, question mark, question mark. Um, maybe, definitely the tweet of the week. Marshawn Lynch, who's made a couple appearances in this pod already, he tweeted, the Giants benching Eli Manning for Geno Smith is almost as crazy as not running the ball on the one with a Super Bowl on the line. Dang. And then two of the uh, deep in thought, chin scratching. Emojis. emojis. Yeah. I mean, that's funny on two levels, right? Eli oh, getting benched for Geno. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And then just the fact that he would bring up and what throw a metaphor. shade a little bit. What a at metaphor. Seahawks, at Daryl Bevel. Yeah, incredible metaphor. Yep. Really articulate from uh, Marshawn. Yeah, <laughs> who's normally uh, very careful about his word selection. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he had a, a, a Twitter. I'm kind of scrolling through there now. Um, he's tweeting about the Warriors, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Relevant. I just followed him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Marshawn gets the tweet of the week. Uh, Let's finish by just talking about what we're looking forward to in uh, the upcoming week. Obvious answer here is going to be the college football championships. Of course. Um, There's just way too much good stuff going on and good stuff and important stuff. It's all, I mean, like we talked about earlier, Pretty much every game is kind of a win in your own situation, uh, minus the Big Twelve. But <laughs> it's it's gonna be a good one. However, on Sunday I'm definitely gonna have my TV on. Yeah, dude. Not to be outdone by college football, like the NFL has some great games this weekend, and it's been a tough season yeah. as an NFL fan. Yeah, like you're a Panthers fan, I'm a Falcons fan. You know our teams are doing well. The NFC South is doing well. Yes. Um, but yeah, overall, they're, you know, I've had to watch the Browns and the Colts and teams like that yep. too much this season and just so many backup quarterbacks and whatnot. But this week we have Panthers at Saints. Yep. That is an incredibly important mm-hmm. NFC South matchup that could decide a lot. Yeah. Especially because the Saints beat the Panthers. Not too optimistic three. about it, not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's tough to go into the Superdome. And beat the Saints. Especially when you got beat 34 to 13 last time. Especially when they got beat the week before and are probably going to play angry in front of a home crowd. Yeah. And they also have Alvin Kamara, who might be the scariest dude. Where did he? The Falcons still have to face the Saints twice. Yeah. And I was just thinking about it today. Like, I know our linebacker core well. And, like, they don't have a shot against a guy as shifty as, as him. Like, 
He can just hurdle oh your entire gosh. defensive line, entire linebacker core. Shoot, he could probably hurdle yeah. starting from the offensive line your whole secondary. Yeah, I'm I'm shaking in my boots. And then uh, Vikings at Falcons. Yep, nine and two versus seven and four. Vikings have something to. I mean, it's weird to say that they have something to prove at nine and two, but in a sense, they kind of do. Yeah, in my opinion. Case Keenum's playing like he has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, like he has something to prove. Yeah, yeah. The Vikings are a, a team to be reckoned with, that's for sure. Yep. And then Sunday Night Football, Carson Wentz versus Russell Wilson. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Like that is what I have been waiting for. A, a Super of two Bowl quarterback, Super like Bowl that. champion winning quarterback, and a future Super Bowl winning quarterback. Ooh, is that a prediction right it's there? A prediction. I like it, man. A lot of Carson Wentz love. Dude, on the they're pod. they're hot to Molly right now. Yeah. They're they're not going to lose. So, um, great NFL games this weekend. Unrelated note. Um, I hate to say this, Saints win the, the NFC South, but I think the Falcons and Panthers will be in the wild card. Yeah, it's looking like three teams from the NFC South could make the playoffs. Which I'm stoked for. Pretty cool, yeah. Uh, Especially considering not too long ago a team with a losing record, my Panthers, went to the Super Bowl. Seven and nine and one. Whew. Gosh, that's bad. Yeah, the NFC South is, is looking good. Yeah. Um, I do not want to see the Saints win it. Nope. But I think they could. Yeah, I, I respect them. Um, yeah, some great NBA games on. There are always great NBA games on college basketball. Uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge is going on right yep. now. Clemson just got a 14-point win over Ohio State. Whoop, respect whoop. that. Um, and tomorrow night, Thursday night, number five Notre Dame takes on number three Michigan State. Um, Which Michigan State hoops. looks legit considering they absolutely throttled North Carolina the other night. Yeah. Throttled them. Yeah. Notre Dame's undefeated. Yep. Uh, yeah. Quietly. So that's a matchup that uh, I'm looking forward to. I feel like that's one of the early season matchups that will actually matter down the road. Yes. Yeah. So we are really in the thick of it with uh, basketball and football. I mean, in my opinion, it is the most wonderful time of the year, and that, that really doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Blix. At B Logan Rice on Twitter. Yeah. Give me a Thanks follow. Thanks for coming on, man. On Twitter, on Instagram, at B Logan Rice. Yep. Happy to be here, man. This is a lot of fun. You are a super sports bro. Um, I hope this isn't my last time. This has been fun. I don't think it will be, man. You're our college football expert, our college basketball expert in a lot of ways. I'm hoping so. And you are certainly our only NASCAR expert. That's what so, I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, look forward to having you on next time. Um, I'm sure everybody is just going to rant and rave about the Motorsports Minute. Yeah, let me know your thoughts on my Twitter, at BLoganRice. I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I had some questions, and look, it turned I'm, into a 3 I'm or making Motorsports fans segment. one podcast at a time. All right, well, you won me over. All right, thank you guys for listening to the Super Sports Bros. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Super Sports Bros with a Z. And tweet at us. Um, we will probably mention you on the podcast because we don't have that many followers and we don't have that many people tweeting at us. You tweeted at us a couple times this week, yeah. which I appreciate. Those were some Tweet of the Week nominees for real. Yeah, especially the Texans with the Palmetto Bunch. That was good. Nine Clemson and Carolina players on the roster. Yep. Love it. Go Texans. All right. So with that being said, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the college football championships. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Go Canes, go dogs. Go Tigers. <laughs>